Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo decoded report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestion, endo aligned product matching in your state, suggested dosage guidelines, and optimum methods of administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeka soft gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeka Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. What's up? Welcome to Cannabis Legalization News. My name's Tom. We're going to talk a whole bunch about various stories, including a cannabis-friendly FDA commissioner and some hypocrisy in the Olympics. But remember, we discuss concepts that are only for adults, so you've been warned. How's it going, man? Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. It's just a meandering web stay in, in february we're going to get another blizzard here in central illinois and uh so i'm getting ready to draft a whole bunch of purchase agreements that's what oh, i get really? purchase agreements and uh form fields in clio so that you can automate document feeds better but uh the big news that we have to report is new jersey is going to miss a deadline after launching adult use sales this is coming at us out of the gondrepreneur uh reported by tg branfield from last week, New Jersey's top cannabis regulator said the state will miss the statutory deadline of February 22nd for launching its adult use sales. And that's kind of a bummer. Not surprised, though, man. I mean, again, we're talking about like the New Jersey weed man market. They still have to try and figure out how to bring in that uh, traditional market. Yeah. And then there's also the opt out. They say one of the other roadblocks is this opt out. 63% of New Jersey have opted out. And so even though New Jersey has it now being legal and you can apply right now for a New Jersey cannabis license, at least for the cultivation side of the plant, um, you know, that's it's yeah, 63% illegal. Huge. That's a huge amount of uh, prohibitionists that are people in charge. Well, yeah, you know, it takes it takes years to legalize. Even after legalization, you have to legalize. Well, right, because then they're going to realize the town next to them that no one's dying and they're pulling in some nice tax revenue with their new community pool and whatnot. Yeah, and I tell you, but they are. And then, and then the quotes from uh, Mr. Broad Channel, and then the Broad Channel is, I believe, the CEO of Harmony Dispensary. So that's Asaya Broad Channel. And he's also the president of the New Jersey, Jersey Cannabis Trade Association. And so they have some quotes on, on the delay, which is kind of a, a bummer. 
But not having a clear indication of when the date will come, you start having inventory issues, stockpiling, employment issues, supply issues, all impact the effect of the market launch. And he also had, you know, he thinks that this is a great thing for social equity. Equity applicants is going to benefit by giving communities, giving uh, communities tremendously, uh, giving them opportunities for local business entrepreneurs who've been impacted by the war on drugs, and now being able to benefit from this industry is really important. So there, it's still like. When I have people call and they want to apply in New Jersey, I'm like, yeah, you can. But are you priority one? You social equity? Miggy, you're social equity. Yeah. No, I know we can lock it in. But then it's still it's a matter of the market opening up, man. Like, uh, uh, you know, do you have time to just sit and wait? Do you have the money to just sit and eat up the, the rentals or whatever it is you're going to be needing in that space? You know, That's the problem. Yeah. yeah. Well, couldn't they start business technically? I mean, not technically, but like. What would be the like, like New York? New York, they're just cracking down by just sending cease and desist letters to uh, people in the business, right? You so do the real estate play right now, and so yeah. you would get your um, your edifices together, and so like that's the only way people can actually get in that don't have social equity is they can control the the real estate, and then they could be landlords or managers. Uh, that aspect of it, you can start doing now, uh, and then of course, like. People don't like to give up control, and so social equity terrifies uh, entrepreneurs. And and then you're going to have, you know, landlords that are like, "Well, this is my asset. That's your asset." What well, again? It, it, this is not because the market hasn't been enabled. When we're talking about social equity, we're talking about people not with deep pockets. So right. this again evades social equity. Does everything wrong against the the, the local. Uh, uh, citizen, you know, the New Jerseyan, <laughs> like, yeah, but this is the lowest barrier to entry. It's lower than Illinois. The New Jersey uh, barrier to entry is it's a smaller application. You don't have to do the application until after you get the uh, conditional license even awarded. And then, you know, it can get just as expensive as it does in other jurisdictions, but it's going to be very, very um, local. And so like New Jersey is a dual licensing structure, kind of like a California or a Michigan. Yeah, but the application's already been submitted, right? That's all set in stone right now. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, my problem, like, here in Washington, the reason why I did not submit uh, a, for a license application when uh, it opened up in the beginning was yeah. because they required you to have a place, a rental place. And I was like, I don't I don't have deep pockets. Like, you know, it's, I'm already trying to pay a month-to-month rent, let alone another place that well, that's you know, and then they don't understand how the their equity valuation could be impacting the paper that they'd be selling to investors and that's the type of stuff that we do over at cannabisindustrylawyer.com and so you should definitely check out cannabisindustrylawyer.com because that's where uh we explain all these types of things and how social equity can you know, try to use their uh, who they are to actually capital raise and then how they can do who's invested what money and who gets what money back first all those types of nice things that most people don't even understand and and it's really really difficult so you know it's the it's a like everybody wants to get into the industry until they realize that they're actually opening a bank well essentially that's what the, that's the thing right you have to join an llc you have to you know there's there's now companies out there uh for houses that you can buy a house and they'll create a little llc for you and your friends or whatever but same thing has to happen here in cannabis where you can't just plant a seed and hope that you're going to be in business. You have to convince a bunch of other people to give money with you and go together. That's right. And that's uh, that's really the trick because then everybody 
uh, a lot of cannabis partnerships end in litigation, a lot of partnerships in general end in litigation. That makes raising capital even more difficult. Uh, and, you know, what can you do? But there is some good news out of Virginia. The Virginia Senate has passed. This is out of today. Virginia Senate passes bill to launch adult use sales in September. And I'm not sure if this is good news, but it's also out of the Gondrepreneur by T.J. Branfield. And so the Virginia Senate passed a bill that would allow uh, adult use cannabis sales to begin on September 15th, but limit the licenses to the state's current medical cannabis companies. And so a monopoly coming to Virginia. Yeah, but I'm okay with this, with the medical side, at least. Letting, letting the medical people who are already there first in the state have a chance to, you know, kind of what they did in Oregon when they went to recreational. They just flipped a sign over and said, okay. But but in Oregon, there wasn't 10 companies that controlled the entire state. True story. And so uh, that's kind of how it is in Virginia. So here's the plan. The bill includes provisions requiring the state's three, the whole state of Virginia being held down by three ATCs, current medical cannabis companies to pay $6 million each Damn. to start the state's sales early and would let hemp producers start cultivating cannabis for the program for a $500,000 fee. And so all those hemp wow. farmers are getting thirsty at that. But then still, what hemp farmer do you know that has $500,000? Shit, nobody. Yeah. <laughs> well, and again, this is, again, people are going to have to be joining uh, uh, collaboratives, right? Syndicates. Yeah, yeah uh, LLCs. They're going to have to be members. They're going to have to be corporate. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people just aren't corporate. And then, and then not only is it corporate, it's like board driven. Like I said, it's more like opening a bank and less like opening, um, you know, a gas station. And even gas stations have like regulations and stuff that you have to put up with, but not like the regulations you'd have to put up with, like as a New Jersey operator or an Illinois operator. Well, and again, a multi-state operator, someone who is in multiple states, this is not a single person. You know, I can't think of any... There's only one dispensary I can think of that here in Washington state, that the guy is a, an MSO and still owner by himself. Uh, you know, most of them are, uh, like you said, syndicates, LLCs, where it's a board. Uh, it's, 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 that's what legalization has come down to is a, 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 a board member type legalization, a corporate structure, not a, you know, mom and pop have a chance to, you know, grow a garden out. You know, but, you know, I mean, things might change, dude. You know, we got that, that good news of the FDA. What's the good news in the FDA, man? So uh, a couple months ago, uh, Marijuana Moment had this article about Biden's FDA pick prescribed cannabinoid medicine and, and recognized marijuana's therapeutic potential. And this mm-hmm. was a month, couple months ago. Uh, yesterday, he just uh, and thank you to our uh, uh, somebody in uh, cannabis in our discord. Uh, he, he turned us on to this, but uh, it got commissioned yesterday. It went through. Awesome. So, so we have a Discord. Like, uh, Miggy, tell them about the Discord. Yeah, we got Discord. I'll be sharing memes and, and you know, share us your news stories. Let me uh, yes. show you. A- Send us your nug shots, too, over yes. at uh, Facebook.com backslash free THC. Uh, growing like a weed, that page is again. So I think Meta is probably getting on board with cannabis legalization. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. So they have a p- piece from the FDA's head that has acknowledged the potential for medical benefits of marijuana and says he's actually prescribed cannabinoid drugs as a doctor. That's Robert Califf or Calif. I'm not sure how he pronounces his name. Uh, however, it's it, what do you think the FDA guy would ever like say, hey, Mr. Biden, uh, President Biden, sorry. Uh, how about you deschedule cannabis? You know, just drop it from the, the Controlled Substances Act. Well, I mean, the, the 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 judicial side, Garland already said he wants the science to support what is 
what what's going on. So now, if the science, if we can actually have studies, <laughs> you know, like look, no one dies. <laughs> no one dies, according to the FDA commissioner. No one dies, but. but uh, yeah, people die all the time of other drugs that have lower schedules than the Schedule One substance that is marijuana. But I was talking. I mean, like I just heard it this morning on the radio that uh, uh, fentanyl is just being now addressed in Congress to be a Schedule One. Like, uh, hello, yeah. <laughs> fentanyl is not a Schedule One drug, you know, and that makes it easier to traffic. But it makes also the whole FDA body just more ludicrous. I think like this, we got to reexamine the the these people's positions you know that gives them less credibility right like it's there's, america has been effed for a very long time at least by its its history and origins right like whether it be genocide or whatever other wrongdoing but you know we're here now in 2022 right we're not trying to invade other countries unlike somebody that we know but right. uh, well i mean we've already invaded our fair share of countries so. we're yeah. done colonizing <laughs> right we're done colonizing for the time being but, you know, for that, to be us to be advanced and be a civilized society, okay, can we just get, like, the scheduling thing? You know, we're just doing a disservice to our children, to, to our future children, when they realize, like, uh, cannabis being scheduled one with heroin, and they're not the same. And then they're like, well, what else is not as bad? Right. Uh, that's that you don't want people thinking that. You want people thinking, uh, you know, facts. When When you're talking about drugs and substances... You should be talking about them as factually as you can. And this is 2022. This isn't 1972 uh, when you had to bury the LaGuardia data from 1944 and then commission a new study called the Schaefer Commission to pass the Controlled Substances Act and then report on that two years later and just have Dick Nixon throw it in the trash and then just ignore it and continue to ignore it. Yeah. I mean, if anything, the Internet has helped it make so that we can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. You know, it's we're, we're we're done. You can't you can't villainize it or find a a uh, disproportional community out there to identify with it and say, OK, this is who we're, we're putting in jail. All these bad guys. Can we actually address like real bad guys? Can we address like real things for real Americans for us all to go forward? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We are not going to do it. In fact, we're going to just talk about money instead. In pot stocks news, pioneering cannabis banking company Safe Harbor to trade on NASDAQ via $185 million deal. This is coming out of MJ Biz Daily, reported by Jeff Smith, cannabis financial institution led by industry pioneer Sunday Sidfried is on its way to go public on the NASDAQ through a $185 million merger that will give the company more money to lend to marijuana businesses. And uh, if I could just put in a plug for my marijuana business that needs some money, please, <laughs> please, sir. Yeah. Well, I'm curious though. How do they address that? You know, like I, that's where the, the 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 tiring talk about social equity and how they pick who and what we're waiting for. You know, it's worthy. It's the three C's of commercial banking. Actually, I think it's five C's, but you know, still, it's um, there's the, the capital, the, the customer, the credibility, all those types of things. The collateral, collateral is very important. Mm. Yep. Well, that's your whole company. capacity. You know, what's the cash flow situation here? How many bills can they pay? And the cash flow situation on the craft grow is not bad in Illinois. However, the CBAI is actually kind of trying to royal the ability for us to go from fourteen from 5,000 square foot flowering canopy. That would yield approximately 3,000 pounds of high-grade cannabis per year 
if you're doing amazing. If you're like dialed in all the way up to 14,000, which would be closer to 8,000 pounds per year uh, if you're just really, really doing well. Uh, but, you know, why would they allow that? Because it, that would just give an unfair advantage to someone. You know, people don't like to agree when money is on the line. When there's money on the line, you want it in your pocket. You don't want it in somebody else's pocket, you know? What's the CBIA? Oh, the Cannabis Business, Cannabis Industry Business Association of Illinois, something like that. It was founded when the medical round went through uh, five, six years ago now in the state of Illinois. Is that the governing body out there then? No, it's just a trade trade association. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. So there's a split right now. The people that have licenses, there's only 40 of them, and they want to go to 14,000 square foot flowering canopy immediately because that makes for a better investment. Like if you're trying to get a loan from Safe Harbor Financial, for example, you'd mm. be able to have uh, revenue opportunity at a higher rate so that you'd be able to cash flow an additional uh, amounts more so that you could finance your build out and then uh, capitalize your company through debt as opposed to through equity offerings and maybe losing uh, control of the ability to manage the license. And so those social equity aspects, was it just social equity in the award of the license or is it gonna be social equity in the operation of the license? You know. I got a big question uh, in regards to the, all that money they're getting, but until then, though, it's about four twenty. What is it? Four twenty somewhere? It's four twenty somewhere. And then uh, when we get back, I'll ask you after a pro. Cool. It's four twenty somewhere. If you want to. Head on over to CannabisIndustryLawyer.com when it is 420 somewhere with your questions about if you're qualified or if your team's qualified to get into the cannabis game. Uh, you can fill out our little form on there. And then uh, if you're qualified, we'll give you a little link that you can book on our calendar. And if not, uh, we'll give you some more information through a series of emails. So with that kind of money, with those deep pockets, right, what they're talking about reinvesting. So like that money can only go towards uh, uh, like a business, right? Like helping build a business. Whereas they can't, because we've talked about the, the four digit code for, for using your card to make a purchase at a store. Right. They can't supply like their own, like pretend card. Could they like a surplus of money? So that can be purchases being done. Is there a thing that prevents that because it's a purchase or is it just credit cards that can't be used period? Right. Credit cards can't be used period. And so that that still is not going to change. Maybe after safe banking, but maybe not even then. Uh, uh, however, like you can get loans and then holding companies that don't specifically have the license can have those lines of credit. Uh, and then, you know, mortgages, secured. Uh, what do they call it? I used to I've written chapters on it. Secured transactions, mm. Article nine stuff. And so, you know, UCC security interest, mm, but liens on stuff. Collateral, cash flows, accounts, receivable. You pledge everything as your collateral. And then the bank will help you uh, get financing so that you can lower the barrier to entry. So like instead of if you're going to build out a $10 million building uh, and facility so that you can do operating cash flows of, I don't know, a million bucks a month. Uh, then the bank might say, OK, well, we need the, the blueprints and then we need the after uh, construction value. And then we need to see how much cash flow you are anticipating. All right. And then you need your down payment money. You need your actual equity. And so that equity cushion is substantially smaller than the $10 million. You don't have to have somebody just write you a check for that. You can access the credit markets. And mm. uh, this, this deal coming out of the NASDAQ here soon is just more evidence of that. 
But what if, so like, I get like, okay, say a hundred million dollars evaluation, but say they had 20 million cash, right? What What's to stop them from putting, say, 10 million aside, creating their own little credit card, little system, their own card system, not even like call it a credit card, call it a, uh, uh, I don't know, a, a point system, whatever. Like a software boondoggle. Yeah, but I'm saying, couldn't you get around that? Or is there laws preventing this large amount of money? To, to supply purchases, you know, so, I mean, is, is there banking all of it's money laundering? That's the problem. Yeah. Like with the current, the, the way that it's currently structured at the federal level, it's all money laundering. Like, you know, it's Bank Secrecy Act uh, and and very you know, BSL. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many different uh, causes of action that I haven't had to do now in like three or four years. I haven't had to be a bank lawyer. Uh, it's starting to get a little further back in the back uh, of my mind, but then the corporate aspect of it, I and mean, actually the cannabis operations are more what I've been doing lately, you know? Yeah, I just figured with your banking background, you would know more than I would. I mean, well, I mean, I, yeah, I understand like the, the uh, secured transactions, the secured financing, and then how they you know, lend and, and all those types of things. Right on. But, you know, in the meantime, when we have all this uh, revenue building up, uh, well, what, what do you got going on next story? Oh, next story? Well, next story, we have a little fun international news. <laughs> this one is out of Yahoo News. If you didn't think Yahoo was still around, you're wrong. It is. <laughs> and Phil Coleman is reporting that a Carlisle man, this is Yahoo UK News, so the United Kingdom News, hence the international bumper. Carlisle man prosecuted and fined for having less than a gram of cannabis reacted with dismay against magistrates saying, are you for real? Yeah, that's what I would have asked. If I'm getting punished for less than a gram of cannabis, I'd be like, well, I might, I might be saying you gotta be fucking kidding me, but uh, are you for real? If I had the, the calm demeanor of an Englishman. Sure. Yeah. I just wish they would include the picture of his balls. They could be like really big. Yeah. Well, I, I feel terrible for the guy because he's been fined in pounds, so it's even more than a dollar. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, right. And so at the city's Rickergate Court, Adian Danglish, I mean, like, talk about English-sounding names, astonishment <laughs> spilled over into open defiance as he repeatedly challenged magistrates as opposed to judges, uh, declaring that he would refuse to pay his fines and costs totaling more than 300 quid, or pounds as they also call it, uh, hmm. He declared that he would rather be sent to prison than pay up. Interesting. When uh, prosecutor George Selly, though, he told the police uh, armed with a search warrant and he had gone to the defense's address, finding him alone there at that time. The date of the search was in 2020. The defendant was sitting on the sofa in the living room. Officers found 0.6 grams of cannabis Jeez. estimated to be worth 10 to 20 pounds. That is the biggest line of crap I can even believe. Can you imagine a half a gram of cannabis being 10 pounds? That's like 15 bucks, you know? But how many goddamn cop cars showed up and, and violated this man's moment of just peace and time? You know, that's the thing. Time and energy that this, now he has to put into, like, court. Like, so much bullshit just for... <laughs> Less than a gram for less well, than what I could buy at a store. Now, of course, there was also some circumstantial evidence. The officers also found another 6,000 quid and a further bundle of notes consisting of another 163 pounds and a set of digital scales, said the prosecutor, Danglish of Oswald Street, Carlisle, admitted cannabis possession. Hey, uh, maybe he was a baker and maybe he just didn't like banks. Maybe he doesn't like banks. That's right. 
and he was trying to keep a very good um with his digital scales his digital scales were required to, to track his personal consumption habits of cannabis and banking or bank you, you use them for baking you use you use them for banking or for no, baking baking yeah oh yeah stuffed up uh, i see yeah because that's that's how i like to count my money by weight yeah <laughs> oh shit hey and uh shit i didn't expect news where's that at we have that one do we have a Parallel CEO apologizes, calls out corporate cannabis lobbying in open letter. It's, it's a nice field goal. Thank you, Gunchmanor by Graham Abbott. Uh, the CEO goes on to talk about how, and pretty much to summarize what he says in this long ass letter, is his understanding of legalization is uh, my bad. Like, like we should have, you know, enabled more of the, the the lower people. Like, I think a lot of these people going into the business, like we talked about, how it's corporate cannabis now. It's it's a uh, uh, regulated in a bigger structure where it doesn't give. Like, if I wanted to open up a tomato factory tomorrow, I could. I could open a tomato factory. I mean, it wouldn't be prosperous. No, I mean, the cost of cost of capital would still be the cost of capital. I mean, you can try to make a go of a tomato farm, right? Uh, you know. With my backyard, but I can't do it with cannabis. And I, and I think that's kind of what he's understanding as far as like, he sees like, holy shit. And I, and I think I see a lot of people who didn't consume cannabis before, but they see it as a revenue aspect or they're like, oh, well, everybody it seems to be not as bad as I thought. And then they realize, oh shit, there's really nothing to this plant that is so harmful and so you know egregious and over regulated it's what it is it's over regulated it is but, but then is that parallel ceo calling out corporate cannabis lobbying on open letter what's the the nitty-gritty of it do we actually have the open letter where he's trying to do because like did you see that south park where randy is like oh, so with good. tolkien as opposed to token and like so he owns the weed farm and so like because he owns the weed farm he's just like playing lip service to the social equity stuff and so like i see this from parallel ceos and i'm like well, I have a busy day, so I'm not going to read it. And then I just went to work and I'm like, I wonder if it's like that, though. And so I, I, I haven't dug into it. Yeah. I felt accosted by that episode because I was like, holy shit, he's named after J.R. Tolkien. <laughs> it was hilarious. What did you think he was named after? I don't know what he was yeah. named after, but that was brilliant, too. Just the way they started off the episode with like the whole hemp convention thing. I totally mm -hmm. like felt that vibe, like the whole bullshit, like corporate people like talking about like, let's talk about cannabinoids and CBD and great. Like my whole premise behind this whole thing that I've been doing for fucking 100 years has been just prisoners and the injustice of the law itself. But mm -hmm. this so uh, Holcomb's full letter below, it says, if only we knew then what we know now. When we started uh, Parallel, then Certera, in 2016, those of us jumping into the legal cannabis market for the first time made a number of mistakes. We did not take the time to honor the longtime cannabis producers and suppliers who laid out the foundation for us to build our business. We did not follow a path laid out by activists and advocates who fought for our right to participate in this industry legally. We did not understand the responsibility of our industry had to use legal cannabis as a tool for restorative justice, including the scope of the opportunity for cannabis to be a true mechanism for social equity. And we did not advocate for an industry structure that would allow those opportunities to be realized in legal markets across the country. Hindsight is unfortunately 2020. So, you know, we're, we're here we're talking about like so many. And I, I you know, I, I've been doing this goddamn over 20 years now when I had hair on top of my head and my beard was brown. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, you know, I, there's a lot of people that have passed on since then. People who've 
reinvested it, who fought for this, just the right to beyond just not to go to jail. And, and they, they missed out. The market didn't give them a chance. They, it's too high of an entry barrier or whatever requirement that stopped people from getting in. And it needs to change. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's a it's a nice feel fuzzy letter. But oh, yeah, this is a fuzzy letter from the same people from uh, one year ago. Nope. 10 months ago, April 1st of 2021, Parallel, that's the same company that mm. put out this nice letter, they acquired, uh, how many dispensaries did they acquire? They acquired Windy City Cannabis, and then they also acquired a few other um, uh, dispensary licenses. I want to say five or six. So they agreed to acquire Windy City for a consideration of $100 bucks in 60 million in cash and 40 million in parallel stock with a total potential consideration of up to $155 million in earnout payments through 2023. Uh, and then of course they do also have a social equity um, aspect of the uh, press release. But this was, how many did they buy? I thought they only bought six dispensaries for 155 million. Damn. Yeah. But again, it's a lottery ticket. That, that's it, comprised of Poseidon Dispensary Holding Company, Homewood Holding Company, Homewood Second Holding Company, Poseidon Second Site Holding Company, Compass Dispensary Holdings, collectively Windy City. So it was either these five and or six uh, dispensary licenses. So six dispensary licenses, $155 million. I'm sorry, we did not honor the, um, the people that were here previously as we were spending $155 million for six dispensaries. I mean, the fact that Dennis Perron never got a fucking dispensary. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think he ever tried to, but I would have thought there should have been some reach out with him and been like, hey. But that's the other thing. It's subject to regulatory approval. Parallel is expected to own six dispos in Illinois and expand Parallel's active operations in six high-growth limited license states. Florida, Massachusetts, Texas doesn't even have a licensing state. So the fact that they have a, a license already in Texas is redonkulous. Yeah. Pennsylvania, Nevada, and Illinois. Out of all of those states, Massachusetts and Nevada are the two most open. And they're still fairly limited states. That Texas bullshit right there, it just shows you that the power of money. Right. Well, speaking of power of money, the Wrigley's gum fortune. And so the Wrigley's gum fortune is the chairman and chief executive officer of Parallel. And so mm. William Bo Wrigley, I mean, like, can you imagine being a second generation billionaire? Are you just really, really good at it by then? You know, <laughs> some are, some are, but um, <laughs> I mean, any, but yeah, good PR just, is good PR, man. I, again, I mean, they, they, he talks about how they had an interview with the Minority Cannabis Business Association, which I, I know is a good association. And this social equity is definitely something that should be talked about considered but it's also been the great holdout for like the safe banking act and all the other bullshit that should go through like right. it helps everybody it helps americans it, it, help, black, it white, helps white. mom and pop operators it helps the operators like windy city cannabis before they sold their six dispos for 155 million dollars to you know somebody who's like hey we should have given more opportunity to other people before we had an insurmountable lead yeah, my bad as I'm going into my European trip again. Uh, sorry, guys. Uh, I didn't realize that you didn't have enough to eat. So uh, we'll be sure to next time think about you. No, so it's, it's rough. I mean, they say the first million's the hardest, and they're probably right. <laughs> uh, and and you know, trying to get to that point, though, where you can, because capitalizing a craft grow, you need to have some, you, your team needs to have at least a million dollars worth of liquidity. 
at least to be able to access the type of credit markets that you can do and then be able to stand up a, a, a modest $5 million grow or operation, which is, like I said, modest. And that was prior to uh, COVID screwing with the supply chain and cra- cra- causing the prices to go all over the map. And so now they're really expensive. But again, this because it's cannabis, you know, if this was beer, would it be an issue, right? It would still be an issue. Like breweries are expensive. I mean, if I was going to go try to build a brewery or go to try to build a 5,000 square foot flowering, uh, you know, craft cultivation facility with extraction, eh, I don't know which one's cheaper. They're both going to be expensive. Better yet. What if I wanted to make a pill mill of just Viagra pills? Like I got the formula. Then I'd go to uh, India or like some other country where they have generic cheap drugs. And then I would make them there and import them to here. Yeah. Well, and again, it just shows you the imbalance, uh, the, the, you know, the the opportunities, you know, uh, it's so effing dumb that like, you know, uh, should we do our name of stream first or do you want to do a, another story? Well, I mean, have we have we beat this? I think we've beaten this story into uh, the death. So let's do a name that strain because we actually have an overlay uh, this time. Oh. So, yeah, I know. Right. I mean, we That's have a cool. name that strain with an overlay. I can't even believe it. Just like old times. Just like old times. Hey, Mickey, why don't you name that strain? And then uh, tell the people about it. Well, I go freshen my drink, which... Ah! Ah! Man, that's a gorgeous little nug. Uh, Looks a little... Lots of orange hairs. Beautiful trichomes. The forest green hues. Actually, and it's got some light uh, hunter green, and it's got all the shades of green. I love it. Um, let's see what kind of answers we got going on. Uh, nope, so far. But uh, uh, yeah, gorgeous little bud. I wouldn't mind smoking it. I uh, I left mine down in the car. I would have showed you by now. What up, Tom? Oh yeah, doing much better now. I got myself right. a quoi. I am now. Uh, that's I was a pretty one. There's definitely some purple in it. You can see, and that's uh, one of its ancestors has purple in its name, and so it's purple crossed with an orangey uh, flavor. It, it would probably be very fruity. Mm. Um, yeah, it looks like well, a beer, so. the fruity. I think also comes from the name. It hints that. Oh, the 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 name reminds me of brunch. Yes, it is not ghost train haze. <laughs> a lot of focus. It's a it's a pretty little nugget. Is that a homegrown or just something you found on the internet? Uh, it's something we found on the internet, and then actually Lauren used to make um, cutouts. And I'm not sure what my camera is actually focusing on, but it's clearly not me. Well, you got a nice little shine to you. So well, be- I mean, I'm, I'm just a little blurry, and so I don't. I, I haven't. I've found oh. a nice, expensive um, got it. webcam, but I haven't bought it because I'm waiting for my internet to get upgraded. Oh no, in yeah. Peoria, Aaron got it. Aaron got it. Let me just put my hand out like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That good levels. Good. Ah, damn autofocus. Aaron gets it. Mimosa. The mimosa strain. Let's put it back up there and talk about this mimosa strain. Also known as purple mimosa is a hybrid marijuana strain made by crossing clementine with purple punch. In small doses, this strain produces happy, level-headed effects that will leave you uplifted, motivated enough to take on any mundane tasks. In large doses, mimosa may make you feel sleepy and relaxed. The strain has a strong aroma and flavor that reminds you of its namesake, mimosas. That would be citrus and, I guess, grapes, you know, and then that makes sense. It's a purple punch. 
medical marijuana patients choose this strain to help relieve symptoms associated with depression and stress. Mimosa is a rising star in the cannabis community, so don't pass up the opportunity to enjoy this special strain. So if I had a bumper, it'd be no shit news or water is wet news. Oh, so like, you know, we're talking before about like the redundancy of like prohibition and whatnot. And I think this really just goes to show like, so New York Post posted this article. Mm -hmm. uh, Snoop Dogg smokes weed right before Star said a uh, Super Bowl event. Like, yeah, really? Yeah, he would. He would. Snoop Dogg would definitely smoke weed right before a star-studded Super Bowl event. He, he smokes weed before all of his uh, shows. I just I don't get the uh, uh, the clickbaity. It's like uh, oh. at, at this point you should be tired of this shit. <laughs> I don't know, man. Clickbait is what people use to get clicks. Yeah, I mean, like we we would make every story weed is legal, and then like sorry, not this year. <laughs> We'd be like yeah. the Schumer podcast. Yeah, the Schumer podcast is coming soon. Soon you're going to have a podcast from me. It's going to be there. It's going to be open to everybody. We're going to lock out all the big people. Seriously, though, man. It's just so asinine, man. Well, I love that. And then you read, like, the tenets of his actual bill, and you see that he is requiring, like, GMP compliance and all sorts of regulations and licenses. And you're like, nah. It's just going to make for larger producers. I mean, how can you have all these types of regulations that you have to comply with at a federal level and say it's going to be cheaper, you know? Yeah, well, I, that tax part, that's the one that needs to be worked out, right? No matter what, when this happens, it just needs to get, I mean, 25% for some of these people already in the States, let alone mm -hmm. a federal 25% yeah. or whatever you want to add it up. No. It's yeah, not going to be feasible. Yeah. You can't, you can't survive it. You just can't survive that. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I like the uh, Representative Mace's plan out of South Carolina. Her tax structure is substantially less. Substantially. Well, you know, yeah. You know what's funny, dude? Uh, in the Discord the other day, we're uh, going back about prices and whatnot. And I, I mentioned, uh, or it might have been on the Facebook page. Either way, I interface. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, somebody mentioned like how I, I, I paid $10 a gram. Uh, in a legal state, and they were like, "Wow, I live in uh, Australia. I think it's you know it's still illegal where they're at." And they're like, "I pay that price now." It's kind of weird because I was paying this price 15 years ago for a gram hmm. when it was illegal, right? We figured ten dollars a gram is a price point that the average consumer is going to meet and have quality and quantity, mm -hmm. but it's still not where it should be, you know. And the taxes are going to affect all that. It should like settle down. I mean, like the prices of beer and, and like spirits, they aren't having wild fluctuations. Right. You know? And so eventually it should have some type of stability. Uh, but then you need to have the a complete interstate regulated market. You can't have, you know, $35 eighths wholesale in New Jersey and like $35 eighths retail in California, you know? Yeah. That's that. Once the, the taxes get cleared out. But, and again, I think federally, once that happens, the states are going to have to reevaluate what they're doing. States are going to have to reconsider. The, and maybe at that point, it'll give uh, the growers a break, you know? Well, I don't know about that. You know, the, the growers getting a break. Who is anybody giving the dairy farmers a break? You know, I, I, well, I yeah. don't know about it. I imagine there's a lot of like corn farmers. You know, all these people are getting their little subsidies. Why not? They, do, they get subsidies, but it's not like they're doing great. I mean, like well, the small town farmer isn't really that small anymore. They've just been absorbed. And so they're farming th thousands of acres and stuff, you know? Yeah. 
No, I feel it. But, you know, we're still – it's a still uphill battle. Did you hear about Ohio? No, I didn't hear about Ohio. So, Ohio. What up, Michael? Hope uh, you guys are uh, getting through this. But uh, Ohio, high times, Ohio Senate leader rejects recreational cannabis petition. So, Ohio was rejecting the recreational cannabis petition proposed to the Senate, and it looks like the state may not be ready to take the legal leap. Uh, I know they already had their problems before with uh, uh, the signature gathering. So this is just another hurdle, another prohibitionist uh, having their word over the voter, right? Like, oh, speaking of the voter, uh, you know, Texas, we got a lot of Texas viewers today. I saw a lot of people talking in Texas. Texas. And, uh, All right. But Texas, though, you know, they're going through uh, uh, right now uh, uh, for governor. Right. And uh, I had the article up. I think I just closed it. But they recently just rejected 38 percent of their mail-in votes. Right. Whether this be right or left leaning, no one really knows. But because first off, they put so many hurdles to do the vote in the mail-in vote. They they suspect most of those voters are elderly. So who, who vote mostly conservative? So they're probably shooting themselves in the foot, hopefully. But if you're in Texas, check your registration, check your registration to vote. These people are actively trying to F you. And if your vote didn't count, they wouldn't be trying so hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's one of the things about all these voter suppression laws. Uh, if your vote didn't count, they wouldn't be trying to make sure that you can't vote. You know? I mean, that's exactly it, right? Like, the people do have a say, whatever, but uh, you can take that off. I was just trying to... 200,000 more signatures to put it on the ballot in Ohio. And let's hope they can do it. It's, it's And again, these prohibitions are trying very hard... They're like the masters of paperwork, right? These are the kids that I used to make fun of. Like, oh, I'll never join student council. That's a waste of time. I don't want to learn that stuff. I want to go have fun and, and hang out with my boys. And now I'm 48 and wishing I knew more about the goddamn process. Yep. And they're running shit. Seriously, though. Yeah, well, it's not all rosy. We have this trending story that kind of grinds my gears. And not just my gears, but everybody else's. So let's check that out real quick. Yeah. Okay, and so in Olympic news, you know, Tom Howard and Miggy are here with some cannabis legalization news about Sakari Richardson suspended over marijuana suggests racist double standard after Olympics let, let Russian skater Lily White, I think was her name, uh, compete amid <laughs> doping scandal. And this was reported on Marijuana Moment on February the 14th. So where is that? That it's No, her name is Russian skater Kamala Vilea, and she is this little kid who tested positive for a drug that allows your body to have more oxygen in it, you know, so that you could have an advantage in your competition. And uh, she didn't test positive for weed like uh, Shikari Richardson did, who was not allowed to compete and uh, who was only smoking a couple of puffs of cannabis to relieve some stress after her mom died, according to her tweet. And then uh, the only difference that she can see is that she's a black young lady as opposed to a white young lady. This is a crazy story. You know, it's bad enough. I don't like the Olympics already. I don't pay attention to them. But like, mm -hmm. you know, they're they're a horrible scam. They're bad for any city they're a part of. But this whole Olympic committee BS stuff is crazy because they found out they had the she took those tests like a month ago or something. And they just find out like, why yeah. did it take so long for it to get there? Right. Would it read it also? It's all in the skin, and that just goes yeah. to show whenever you can make anything rhyme, it's just way more effective. Uh, <laughs> it is, it is, you know. No, this isn't a bullshit story. Like, she should have had her day. 
the even the the fact that the the uh, the what when she, when she did this when when Shikari was not allowed, then it's like oh we're going to consider reconsider cannabis in the next meeting. They should have had it then and adjourned and been like yo. And then this is what they're kind of falling behind. They're like saying the key for the Russians is that she's a minor. She's only 15. So you're, you're, you're drugging your kids so that they can get gold medals. And then when a, a, you know, a young black woman tests, fails a test for a non-performance enhancing substance from a banned substance, just like the other one's banned. You say she can't run, but the other one can go get a gold medal. What the heck is that? You know how horrible the, the that Russian uh, um, the the trainer the the coach she's a very horrible she is the the coach from Rocky remember when like Vlad when they're putting all the, uh-huh. the stimulants and things right. right so apparently like she's got all these winners right all these medalists under her belt but half of them are retired at like eighteen with bad hips and broken knees because of the 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 shit that she puts them through you know it's it's insane. <laughs> And then, yeah, Shikari, who trained all her life, personally went through her personal endurance and physically was a top, fastest woman. Yeah, but like, then the other one is a 15-year-old skater and therefore a pre- protected person. Uh, you know, it's just ridiculous that it's like, wait, why did this child have a substance that you give to old people for improving oxygen in their blood because they might have like COPD or something? Well, again, she's probably going to retire next year because of a bad back and throwing knees and weak calcium because of all the, the bullshit that she's been subjected to. Yeah, but she's training. a winner. She's yeah. a winner. Who, like, I mean, that's that's the thing. That's the chutzpah of the Russians. They will cheat, get caught, and say, so what? Well, no, they're saying, what about the children? What about the children? <laughs> you can't say no. She's just a kid. So, like... It doesn't matter. And that's that's the that's the trick to winning gold and performance enhancing drugs in the Olympics. You have to do it before you're 18. Just just do what you want. Just be yeah. under 18. Right. Uh, hey, we got some decent uh, tech uh, news in Forbes. We do. I don't know if I got a good bumper, though. Let's see. That's all right. We just had another bumper. And so we only try to have like six or seven of them to make it easy to make the. Clip, yeah. You know? So we got a uh, oops about to change my display name by accident. <laughs> Apple secretly joined Amazon in advancing commercial cannabis reform. Heck yeah. I like that because commercial cannabis reform will allow this show to reach a lot more people. Hey, it's by Bob Hoban. Shout out to Bob Hoban. I uh, wish that I could get into Forbes magazine. Maybe one day when I no longer live in the middle of nowhere. Weren't you in, uh, in there one time? Yeah, uh, quoted on several places. Slate was in calling me today, but eh, you know, Slate's. So Apple, what they're doing is they're changing policy. So if you're in a legal state, you're able to do a transaction, uh, you know, stuff like that. So good on them for recognizing that. By the way, we are legal, YouTube, mm-hmm. which yeah. wherever, wherever we, we're we, at. we try, we try to comply with your your terms and conditions, as we have said that we would. As we click that yes button without reading, <laughs> but oh, again, yes. shrink wrap, uh, you know, security. And what do they call those? That type of software license, shrink wrap IP licenses. Where you just have to click to uh, use the software that is that's totally enforceable it's not like an adhesion contract at all you could have bought a different so- phone that would have required you to agree to their terms and services oh yeah no i learned the hard way especially even like when you go to a hotel and there's terms of services at a hotel and terms of nobody reads nobody reads that shit <laughs> until they catch you mm-hmm. but like yeah i just uh um it's just crazy that you know as citizens you know 
most of the shit, you know, I'm not the, the most perfect person in the world. I'm not the, I'm not an angel, but I don't deserve to be behind bars. I don't no. think for the most part. And that's what this is all about. Legalization. It's like, if we can stop prosecuting and persecuting, which the law enables, then we have flying cars. Mm-hmm. I think maybe, maybe we might have flying cars, but that might've just been something that was sold to us as in a bill of goods, like many things that have happened in the past. And so that brings us to one of our last stories, great moments in cannabis history. Actually, it's just cannabis history with Tom and Miggy. Uh, so when did Homer get medical cannabis on the Simpsons? Was it after Prop 215? It was after it was it was several years after Prop 215, but this is when I think like it was culturally accepted. I mean, it was after the the movie Half Baked as well, but like when you actually have uh, a cartoon character in primetime TV uh smoking weed medical marijuana uh you know and getting high and having the the fish uh band guest on that episode of the simpsons oh yeah that is when we was like wow it's it's really accepted now but how long ago was that say 20 2012 10 years ago no it was 20 years ago holy weekend shit at bernsey's and so it was the 16th episode in the 13th season of the simpsons and this is when it aired on April 7th, 2012. Homer Simpson is prescribed medical marijuana after getting pecked in the eyes by a murder of crows, which evidently a murder of crows is a quantity of crows. Uh, and that was the one where, you know, the, the the episode also criticized the use of genetically modified food in reference mm. to Citizen Kane, Dragnet, the Birds and Judy Garland's and Fish and also featured the American rock band Fish as themselves 20 years ago you know it's sad though man so like that was a cultural significant no one freaked out and was like homer smoking weed oh but right i uh i'm coming up in my sixth year where i'm at where i work at mm-hmm. and uh, uh right before i got hired i was attending lance Gore's trial and it made wow. me think about i'm coming up to six years lance is serving on his 10-year time and this was 20 years ago like the world needs to catch up. The law needs to catch up with the world. It does. I mean, like it's been accepted when you've made it onto the Simpsons, like you're, you're in American lexicon and you're not necessarily that controversial, you know, but boom, it's been 20 years and it's still illegal. Well, we're still, doing still on the air though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but you know, we're still doing stereotypes, even like when South Park with integrity, you know, like tally. You know, I know a couple of tallies in my life. Yeah. Yeah. But I really like that because like uh, the, the bit was Fish was playing one of their songs and, you know, because it's the, the rock progressive band Fish, you know, kind of known for uh, hippie drug culture. And so yeah. they, they stop playing because they smell marijuana smoke. And it's like, that better be medicinal. And Hans Molman hands him his script and he goes, oh, wow, you're really sick. And they just <laughs> That's they just awesome. keep there, uh, like they were playing run like an antelope or something it was great that's hysterical it's yeah. better than the uh, the who who stopped the show because he smelled pot <laughs> i yeah. can't believe robert daltrey like was you know like still mad about weed seriously but then um i can't believe that 
it's been 20 years since Homer Simpson was given medical weed on primetime Sunday night TV on a cartoon that is watched by adults and children. Still illegal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. People are still in jail. People are still in jail. That's right. Well, you know, and, and, and until then, we're going to have this bullshit like I have in my state where these uh, robberies, you know. When did, what, what date is that one? Because this is the third one in the past uh, three months now. This is uh, yesterday from uh, MJ Biz Daily, but uh, a rash of robberies have washed. So, like, they have been coming around parts of the state, uh, gar- uh, uh, armed robberies and uh, even pistol whipping people. Um, but I think it's ironic, dude. So the same time I have that going on in my state, Jones Soda buys a Canadian farm and raises $11 million in step towards the cannabis drinks. Jones Soda is based out of Seattle. Mm-hmm. So it's like all this BS prohibition stuff with safe banking and, and, and needless stuff going on. Whereas a company that's been flourished in here is going, you know what? Maybe it's a good time to invest in there. Like, <laughs> what a world we live in, man. We live in Captain Cuckoo Bananas world, and uh, it's just it's just terrible. I tell you what, but you know what can you do? Uh, it is a struggle and a grind, and one day at a time. But a lot of people want to get into the industry. A lot of people want to make money in cannabis. A lot of people want to see it legalized. But yet, it doesn't change. It doesn't, but it does because we are still further than when I first started, man. Like. The amount I just vacuumed a weed in my center console. Mm-hmm. I, I would, I, I think it was a whole gram of just like, oh, I, if I was 18, I would have saved that. I would have been like, oh, there's got to be a way to smoke this. But because well, I can go to the store, yeah. <laughs> I just sucked it all up and like, I am not going to bother with this shit. Yeah, I, I can't deal with this right now. But I just like that that's, that's where it is. Cause I mean, if you were in Britain, uh, you would have been popped and they would have fined you 300 quid actually, because you found like that was just for 0. 0.6 of a gram. You said you had more than that. You had a gram that might have had yeah. like a 500 quid fine, you know, or jail time. Oh gosh. I don't know. Do Again, arbitrary limits in new in, uh, in London for uh, cannabis. Maybe. I mean, who, why not? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're still prosecuting people. <laughs> they they prosecuted that one guy. Yeah. Who knows, man? Well, that's all the cannabis news that we have to report on for this week. Uh, hopefully, everybody's having a wonderful time. I get to now stay in a bunker. And uh, how many how many inches of snow are they currently projecting? Because really, cancel. Oh yeah, it's terrible. Uh, we're gonna have a, a, a beautiful week here in Seattle. So come out this week. It's gonna be in the fifties and dry. Dry. Like, no, this it's- is the week to come right now. Because yeah, after no, that, it's gonna be wet for like another week, two really? weeks. Yeah. Nope. Uh, today's the day where it's 50 and then it'll be just just terrible tomorrow. And so like it's going to go from 50 to negative one or Damn. To one. Yeah, it's, it, there's there's some fairly uh, extreme swings of weather in the area that I'm at. It makes it makes operating uh, a little bit more challenging because you'll have 50s one day, negative one the next. How do you keep a greenhouse in that? Seriously. Seriously, though. Oh, my God. The fluctuation of power and everything you're going through right now. Oh, craziness, man. Well, I say that we uh, wrap it up and give a big shout out to all the members. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, You can you can join down there. Head on over to uh, Facebook and find us at uh, Facebook.com backslash free THC. You can find me and see if your team can get into the cannabis industry or CannabisIndustryLawyer.com. Send us nug shots. Uh, Miggy, how do they get the discord? Did you throw the discord link out there? I did. I threw the link out there and I'll throw it in again. 
All right, great. And, and shout out to all the, the members. We'll lead with them. And we'll see you on Sunday. We have a guest. We're going to talk about uh, cannabis facility buildouts later. Chicken brown cow. Yep. Brown cows. Big chicka. <laughs> Dude, our fucking Discord keeps getting I keep getting alerts. Ah, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome, dude.